Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 27. My name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. What is up, girls and gays? So, uh... So, so as you might be aware, uh, Mark and I were were, were planning to record uh, this this episode about a week ago, and then there was a series of life things that happened in rapid succession that prevented us Wasn't from doing it exactly that. a week ago. Yeah, it was exactly. A, a week. Yeah, exactly a week. We were we were trying to record this episode, and uh, and, uh, and so now it's it's been over a week uh, since I've I've seen the the film that is the 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 subject of of this, this week's episode. Um, but luckily, uh, it's a film with, with really strong characterization, really, really memorable moments and, and just really, really strong, vivid imagery that has stuck in my mind for the past week and will continue to stop. Just fucking kidding. This thing is a, this thing is an absolute piece of fucking wallpaper paste and garbage. Tell me about (laughs) is is this the, the, the grayest blurriest gray blur that we've seen on this, on this uh, show. It's definitely up there with, uh, with resident evil in terms of just being just aggressively mediocre and boring. Oh, I I would give a Resident Evil more credit than than <laughs> this movie. I'm not saying. Well, okay, we'll get into it. So yeah. Max Max Payne is a 2008 action movie written by Bo Thorne and directed by John Moore. Um, it stars Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis. This is pre Ted yeah, Mila first, Kunis <laughs> pre-Ted and, uh, and pre. Michael. Pre Ted Mark Wahlberg uh, yeah. for that. The, the um, first time I, that I they guess appear, appeared together. Do, do you think you know um, Seth MacFarlane saw their just incredible chemistry <laughs> on screen in Max Payne, and just thought, "Man, I've got to cast these two in a in a rom com with the, the talking bear." The best part is, is the, that like Mila Kunis is barely in this movie. She's barely in it, and she kind of has a Russian accent, and then later she definitely doesn't have a Russian accent. She. <laughs> She shows up Deus Ex Machina with giant guns at one point. Um, it's it's a bad movie. Um, it's based on this shooter series, uh, I believe. Are they all from Rockstar? I, I haven't played these I think, games. But I, th- I think Rockstar was publishing the original ones, I, I, I think. I'm not entirely yeah. sure on that. And then they definitely, I think they made Max Payne 3, which was pretty uh, pretty maligned for being just like the... Max Payne three is is kind of like the the culture's like er example of the sad drunk dad game, you know. Yeah, this is the the drunkenly slurring about my wife and angrily shooting people. Yeah. And maybe you're like in a suit while you do it. Yeah, so it's like the juxtaposition. Yeah, and and, and Max Payne was always about uh, a dude with a dead wife and a dead kid. Uh, and this movie is also about a dude with a dead wife and a dead kid. Does, does Wikipedia really describe this as a neo-noir film? It sure Come does. I, it, I guess it's noir <clears throat> in the fact that Max Payne is a detective and he goes around and yells at people a lot. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's really in the noir tradition. Um, but but before we get into into the plot, uh, as it were, uh, we're, I want to I want to briefly address something, uh, and that is the fact that Mark Wahlberg committed several hate crimes as a teenager. Uh, which makes watching this movie where he goes around beating and killing people a lot not that much fun. Um, yeah, this this is just extrajudicial murder. The movie, yeah. like, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we we don't need to get deep into them, but wow. Yeah, um, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that we're not going to describe any of the hate crimes uh, <clears throat> on the podcast because they're fucking horrible. 
Um, and in order to properly describe them, we would have to use a lot of slurs, which we're not very partial to doing on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, just go to Mark Wahlberg's Wikipedia page and, and go read about some of the awful fucking things he did while growing up. Uh, and the extremely minimal amount of jail time that he received for doing them because he is a white male. Uh, and yeah, that, that, those incidents kind of cast a, a deathly pallor over this film alongside the fact that it's fucking trash. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt to describe the plot. Uh, this is going to be a challenge because it's been a while and I swear to God, like, I was like, I was like putting my notes together for this episode last week and it was like a day after I had watched the film and I started looking through the notes like that I had taken while the movie was happening and there were like several things that I had already forgotten about entirely <laughs> like on that day mm -hmm. and now and now we're a week we're a week forward in time I've been out of town for a week <laughs> And I'm sitting here like, oh, right, Max Payne, that thing that I watched 400,000 fucking years ago. So, so Max Payne is a shitty cop with a dead wife. Everybody else in this movie, also a shitty cop. Most of them not with dead wives. Um, except Mila Kunis, at whose role is kind of nebulous at best. There's, like, an implication that she's, like, a, a mob boss. And, 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 and she has, like, a sister who tries to sleep with Max Payne at a party and uh and then asks him if sh it would make him feel better if she would call if if he would call her by his dead wife's name and then she also <laughs> gets murdered and that's Mila Kunis's sister so that's her like tenuous connection to the plot and then there's yeah, like <laughs> the the only moment of um of character that she gets to have is when Max tells her to get out after she says, call me by your dead wife's name. It's sexy. <laughs> he says, get the fuck out. And she says, you're kicking me out of bed like me. And then she gets murdered. Is she, Any, also, anyway, is just... she also the character that says, he's a cop. How much trouble can I possibly get in? Yeah. Oh my God. That was yeah, I, the, the scene, the scene where my, my first note in this is just, I can tell this one's going to be really excellent toward women. <laughs> yeah, God. yeah, we have the classic video game movie trope of we see a dead woman within the first two minutes. Um, and there's like an evil drug company and they make like a super drug that makes super soldiers. And when some people take the drug, they turn into super soldiers. But when most people t take the drug, they tr like hallucinate angels and demons around them and they they go crazy and stuff and then most of the movie is just max Payne going to a place and yelling at a person and maybe using bad trigger discipline and shoving his gun around in places where it doesn't belong much like mark Wahlberg. uh and then <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it really is like an incredibly like confusing and disorienting film like characters are introduced and then just disappear from the film entirely mila kunis like straight up like isn't it like she's like important in the first like 15 minutes and then she disappears for like 25 minutes in the movie and then she comes back and i'm like oh right mila kunis was in this um ludicrous is in it he's a shitty cop and he doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah i um oh, I, I don't know why ludicrous is in this movie <laughs> i i just feel like he I, I don't know why Ludacris was in this movie. Yeah, was like, he? Tr 
Was he trying to be like an actor in a more serious capacity around this yeah, decade? He was, he, was, he was like, well, I'm really trying to take my uh, my screen performances more seriously. That's why I've been signing on to projects like Max Payne in the <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was around the time where Ludacris was like putting out really terrible. Like this was that this probably like one year after that, like, damn, you looking good in those jeans song or whatever. It's ludicrous is is bad hot take <laughs> anyway. and then he was like all right i need to i need to pivot to, to more serious acting roles i want to work alongside yeah. serious actors like mark Wahlberg. And now now he is uh, uh a facebook meme uh reposter where he steals content and says now that's ludicrous at the top <laughs> yeah, that's the, not a joke go look up his facebook page the best thing about this is that ludicrous is the second most mediocre rapper in this movie after marky mark <laughs> Yeah, Ludacris could wrap circles around Mark and Mark. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Jesus Christ. There's some, there's some good Ludacris verses. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the whole plot, it, like, it's all so impossible to follow because there no characters are given almost any amount of screen time to like develop who they are as people and then like max's max Payne's like police chief friend turns out to be the bad guy at the end within the span of like five seconds and we're like supposed to feel an emotion about that i guess but like just absolutely none of it works from start to finish um and and one of the worst things about it is that they they don't even do the cool max Payne stuff you know, like, the, the the two cool things about Max Payne, the video game series, are one that, you know, Max Payne basically, like, popularized bullet time in, uh, in video games. Bullet time being the thing where the game goes into slow motion and you get to, like, slowly decide who you're going to callously end the life of with your pistol. And then, you know, you get to, like, jump in the air and do a spinny thing in slow-mo and all that shit. None of that stuff. Like, there's, like, one bit that's in slow motion, and it's lame. Like, they don't they, they don't even capture the aesthetically interesting things about Max Payne in this movie. No, not at all. When I think of Max Payne, um, especially, like, the first two, it's, like, diving. It's, it's like, you... The gameplay kind of goes, you will go into a corridor, and you, like, see some guys, and you kind of, like, die... And then you like reset and you kind of know where they are. So you like dive around the corner and yeah. you're kind of ready for them. And you just super slow-mo like uh, meticulously kind of pick them off. And it's it's like a cool type of thing in this movie. Uh, in, in typical video game movie, this it was very Doom of yeah. this movie to throw it in at the very last second and be like, look, a video game. <laughs> look, he's doing oh. the slow motion. <laughs> and I mean, like, and that's the thing, right? Is that like the Max Payne is fun because it lets you feel like a character in a John Woo movie, right? You're like jumping right. off of stuff. You're breaking through windows. This movie's barely an action movie. Like there's no, it's, it's th- just sad. Most yeah, of the time. Like there's, it's not- just emotional trauma. <laughs> There, there's not even, like, a ton of action scenes in it. There's, like, maybe two or three. And they're, like, really boring paint-by-the-numbers shootouts. Like, there's very little over-the-top, ridiculous, <laughs> slow-mo, people flying around, jumping through windows type action in this movie. It's, it's, it's fucking boring, dude. Yeah, there's, there's the shootout at the police station where the SWAT team, like, it's at the pharmaceutical company where, like, the SWAT team comes in. And is trying to take out Max when he's like trying to beat that one dude and get information out of yeah. him. Um, so the security company calls in. I don't know. I presume to be the SWAT team or his private militia or whatever. And Max Payne, like this is before he became a super soldier, mind you. He still <laughs> manages to like murder all of them, even though they have like fucking 
M16s and he just has, I think, a pistol. But the the interesting action movie thing that they do is they like he they have him shoot the the fire alarm and so it, it starts like raining water on everything. And it's like, cool, this does nothing to change the fact <laughs> that this scene is just gray and kind of dark-ish and pale and yeah. loud like the rest of the movie. It just now it's wet also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the other thing is like, you know, the, the other cool thing about Max Payne that I was going to mention is is the sort of like, you know, the the weird dark world type stuff with, with the weird angel monster. You know, you like hallucinate and shit in Max Payne and you see demons and shit. And, mm-hmm. and they do have that in this movie. So, like, the thing is, like, you know, people take the super soldier drug and then they hallucinate these, like, kind of, like, angel, like, gray angel demon looking things that sort of fly around them. Um, and it, it looks pretty cool in this movie. Like, there's a, there's a particular shot that I really like. And I should say, like, this movie is, like, competently made. Like, there, there are moments where, where you look at a shot and you think, oh, a cinematographer thought about this for more than five seconds. And they, they picked an interesting angle to frame this scene in. You know, it, it's, not, it's not, like, at the level that a lot of the other movies that we watch for this podcast are at, where it's just, like, completely incompetent in every possible way. It's, like, yes, it's yes. competently put together. It's just fucking boring. Um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not uvable. It's it's yeah. uh, it's decent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um but the, and there's like this really cool shot where like uh they go and confront this dude in some shitty apartment uh who is a great fucking class politics in this movie by the way and attitudes towards people who are addicted to drugs in general and how drugs just make them go crazy and you know. Um but th- there's like a shot where this dude is kind of freaking out and then he like goes and kind of like jumps backwards out of a window and you can see like you know the way he sees it is that there's like a demon like pulling him off of the balcony and like there's maybe one or two moments like that throughout the entire movie and then at the very end you know when all hope seems lost marky mark of marky mark and the funky bunch injects himself with the weird super drug um, and then he starts hallucinating the angels, but they, they don't do anything with it. It's, it's not even that, it's not just that they don't do anything with it visually. Like there are shots where it's like, oh, Max Payne is standing in front of a window and he just killed the dude. And there's all these like angels flying around the city and it looks cool, but they're not willing to like, they, those shots are few and far between and they're not saying anything about them. It's just, it's just this is the thing, it looks cool, so we're going to do the thing. But they don't actually, there, there's no commentary to be made about drug use. There's no commentary to be made about the fact that this is like a drug for making super soldiers. There's no commentary to be made about hallucinations or any of that stuff. It's just, it's just aesthetic. It's just a look. There's, there's really just no fucking substance in this movie whatsoever. I, I, really really thoroughly dislike this thing from start to finish yeah i i like what you said about there's no commentary to be made about thing because that um that brings us to our next point good Um, lord this is bad man and you'll have to forgive me i i wish i had um i wish i had uh recorded this sooner because i had some pretty spicy thoughts (laughs) and they're still spicy but just the it's revealed when uh aforementioned a guy who works at pharmaceutical company gets beaten by Max Payne yeah. until he decides to cough up the info that 
the drug was a government uh, project that was funded yeah. uh, by the U.S. military. Max Payne receiving no consequences for any of these things, by the way. Like, Max Payne, like, breaks into right. a police station office and steals a bunch of documents and, like, threatens a man's life at a pharmaceutical company, and nothing happens to him as a result of those things. Yeah, well, the, the guy gets, like, shot in the head, I think, yeah. so that... But, uh, but also, he probably should have, you know... <laughs> faced consequences for for beating somebody uh and to all the other things and, so should have mark Wahlberg. Uh, how about that <laughs> yeah mark Wahlberg. yeah shout outs to mark Wahlberg. fuck you um if you're listening uh <laughs> yeah so this movie is you know it was made you know in the in the throes of the iraq war and um they it's definitely set during that time they they make sure to to illustrate because the drug was it was a government contract given to soldiers to eliminate their fear and make them just into completely blissful and comforted killing machines. Like they interview the main, what we think is the bad guy, but then it turns out he's just, you know, a like a junkie who just got too much of the, the angel wing drug and now is just very aggressive and unable to control himself from, I presume, years of being experimented on and being, you know, in uh, what we presume is Iraq. Uh, he just... It, the government paid for a super drug to yeah. make soldiers more calm in the face of mowing down human beings yeah it's awful, and less right? afraid to take lives. Like, like it's it's this scene where, like, uh, I think it's... I think it's Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis are like watching this like archival footage, right? Of this they're watching soldier. it together, yeah. yeah and of this like soldier being interviewed, and he basically says like, and you know, they're asking him like, "Well, how do you feel when you're when you're on the sauce?" Uh, and he says like, "You know, when I'm out there in the desert face, facing down a bunch of terrorists, insurgents. They say insurgents, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Um, and I see them coming at me with machine guns. Instead of feeling fear, I, I, I just feel I feel nothing but calm. Um, and in a movie uh, with any sort of coherent politics whatsoever, uh, this would be a really fucking powerful scene, right? But this scene happens and goes completely unremarked upon by any of the characters. There's There's no sort of like reckoning with the like the greater implications of the, god something we always joke about on the show is like i can't believe this <laughs> this shitty action movie from the mid-2000s based on a video game doesn't have a coherent anti-capitalist politics <laughs> like, that's the, the that's the new twitter description yeah, honestly really but but it really is it, it it's 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 the way in which action movies like this want to be able to gesture at the idea that they're saying something without actually saying anything you know like they're they're mm -hmm. they're willing to you know vaguely imply that the government is evil because they're giving super soldiers these uh super drugs and and making them you know kill people uh yeah but, it's it's willing to say oh government bad but it yeah. will it will never take the audience to the point of questioning oh so why is it bad that the government does this yeah or like <laughs> 
it will never take the consequences to anything else but our our troops, right? It's like the old old thing about how like America will come and invade your country and then 40 years later make a movie about how it made their soldiers really sad, you know? God. Like yeah. it, it it can't reckon with any of the actual uh, effects of imperialism. It can only kind of show like, well, the government sure did fuck over this soldier guy. Damn damn him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what this movie does, right? It shows like how it's it's sad how all these you know soldiers took this drug and now they experience extreme extreme addiction and uh horrible hallucinations that cause a lot of them to like jump out windows and shit because they think that they now let's hunt them down and kill them (laughs) now yeah now the and of course the pharmaceutical company now wants them all dead to eliminate their their tracks uh or the government maybe told it, them to do it it's so it's hard. not clear it's so hard to tell what is going on in this movie like <laughs> yeah the the thing about these movies is like you 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 always find yourself wishing that like man i wish they would just say something and i feel this way in like in real life too i find it much easier to like not not debate but just like i find it much easier to 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 reconcile the fact that someone is like an avowed like evil like person like oh i'm a white supremacist i straight up think i straight up believe in an ethno state it's like okay yeah you're fucking evil um you have really fucked up beliefs but i would i understand that that is your belief i understand that you have these abhorrent politics it's this fucking thing of like well, it's not really saying much. This is kind of saying a little thing. Yeah, just kind of like, vague milk toast centrism that doesn't actually have any a, coherent politics. There's another podcast that I think we've both listened to this episode uh, where they talk about the um, the Dark Knight. And it's like, uh, I wish that like the people on the podcast were saying that they wish that the Dark Knight just went full like Republican yeah. instead of vaguely gesturing at the idea that actually a police state is good and <laughs> Patriot Act is awesome. Yeah. Like it, it gestures at that kind of, but it won't fully like go there. And like the movie would have generally been like a stronger movie if they had just like fucking committed to the bit. <laughs> um, so I, 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 before we, we wrap up here, I want to, I want to talk about the fucking dead wife trope. Um, cause I'm, yeah, cause I'm, we really should. Cause I'm sick of this. Uh, <laughs> because, and it's, and, and this movie, you know, this is a problem in a lot of action movies. This is a lot of, this is a problem in a lot of video games. This is a lot, uh, this is a big problem in media aimed at, you know, 18 to 24 year old males. Right. Um, and, and just media in general. Um, but I think it's particularly egregious in this movie. So, so, so Max Payne has a dead wife, uh, and I think a dead kid. The dead kid is never shown, um, and she is not a presence in the film. Like we only ever see her in like fifteen second fucking yellow filtered flashbacks. She's always just saying some vague two word sentence about how she loves her husband. She gets murdered, and she is just a tool to drive the plot forward. She is just, like, dead women, and women in general, women getting hurt, are just a tool to motivate heroic white men in these films. Women never get to have agency. Women never get to have a personality. Like, even even if you want to do the fucking dead wife thing, like every other fucking action movie that's been made since fucking 1973, you can at least characterize 
the dead wife and make me fucking feel something about it. Like, if I'm supposed to care so much about Max Payne's fucking stupid-ass vengeance on whoever the fuck killed his wife, we should know something about that character. We should have an understanding of who her personality was. We, we should have an understanding of how, mo like, Max Payne's life is for the worse. How she filled a piece of him that is no longer there anymore. But we don't get a sense of any of that shit because we never fucking see her. She doesn't fucking talk. She doesn't fucking do anything in the film. And we're sort of just left with this vague feeling of like, well, he's got a dead wife, so I guess we're supposed to care. It's just, <laughs> it's just so... And the other thing about it is... You know, people will people might come at me with for this take with like, oh well, that's the source material. That's what Max Payne is about. It's about a dude with a dead wife. Dude, this movie has fucking nothing to do with Max Payne. It has absolutely jack shit to do with Max Payne. Like the people who made Max Payne came out and were like, yeah, no, nah, that shit is not that <laughs> that that movie has nothing to do with our video game. Uh, and you know, the idea that, like, oh, well, it's the source material. They have to be faithful to the source material. No, they fucking don't. They didn't do that. They didn't have to put a dead wife in this movie. It didn't need to be about a dead wife because they didn't follow that for fucking anything else. And I just... Yeah. I'm, I'm just, they didn't need to make the Angry Birds movie about nationalism. <laughs> they, yeah, they someone did. chose to do that. And, like, this, you know, the dead wife thing and the fact that this character is just completely, like, just useless and doesn't do anything in the film is just, like so fucking typical of this type of thing and and so and so representative yeah. of the ways in which these kinds of decisions just get made without anyone even thinking about it you know it's just like oh yeah he's got a dead wife put a dead wife yeah put a woman's corpse in the movie to motivate this man that's what yeah. that's what these movies are about and it's just such well-trodden territory that it doesn't require any thought for these like people who make these decisions because they know it just works and it it works because you know the the 18 to 34 year old men that they're trying to get to watch this movie like generally like all you have to do is say to them hey what if something happened to like your woman <laughs> what if what if thing happened to the the woman that is yours uh, that is you, your our, prop our, that you carry around our, our <laughs> dump your emotions into the, when you're sad the, and scream at that what if something happened to your uh, mother sister wife girlfriends like it's just this is just fucking there's just, we we, li we live in a society this there, is what i'm trying to say there is just no fucking way that the man who the the, the max Payne that is portrayed in this film what is like a loving husband <laughs> and was it, like a good yeah. partner because he's just a loud weird asshole. there's no way there's no if way you can if you can swap out a dead wife for like oh uh his house burned down yeah. and it doesn't like change anything that means that the the female character is an object in that movie <laughs> yeah. like because he's like sad when he goes to his like empty house and it's the exact same emotion of like thinking about his dead wife like it's an object yeah. like it's a thing that he lost he he might as well have lost his fucking class ring in the ocean when he went swimming. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter that she was a person. <laughs> oh, man. What are we watching next week, Mark? Uh, we, we needed a freebie. Yeah, um, we really did. So, so we're, we're watching Pokemon colon the movie 2000. Yeah. This is the second Pokemon movie. It's the one what got Lugia in it. 
It's got the talking um, slow king. There's there's some islands. I, I, I say next week, but really this is going to be on Monday. This episode is coming out on Saturday. So, yeah, this is... So, I love I love that we finally committed to doing two episodes in a week, but instead it's, it's not us getting ahead of ourselves. It's us catching up desperately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so, um, so this is going to be a fun one. We were looking into this, and uh, apparently Pokemon colon the movie 2000 was released in Japan in 1999 and then released in the U.S. in 2001. So it was not released in 2000 in either of the major territories. <laughs> yeah, they just really split there. the difference. Yeah. Uh, two, came out uh, in the U.S. two months before 9-11, making it uh, one of the last pre-9-11 video game movies. So we'll we'll see how that affects the, the politics of Pokemon the Movie 2000. Where do people you know, find the podcast? On the everything changed for video game movies after the 9-11 attacks. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> um, uh, follow us on Twitter great at podcast. Cartridge Cinema. Yeah, great podcast. You should follow us uh, on Twitter. We we like to talk about politics and video games and and be angry and uh, hopefully not as sarcastic as we seem. Uh, you should join the Discord uh, to get the real spicy takes. Oh yeah, and and also uh, challenge me to Super Smash Brothers, which <laughs> happened the other day. Yeah. Um, uh, don't forget to follow. Oh no, this says don't follow. <laughs> Yeah, don't follow me on on Twitter at Party Time Shuffle because I am dead. I am going to be uh, continuing to be off Twitter for the foreseeable future because I hate it and it makes me want to yeah. die. I I post roughly four times a week. Uh, <laughs> follow at Mark underscore Drizzle. Um, you can if you want. Uh, I'm not I'm not big on it right now, but fucking go for it. Uh, the Discord is where it's really at. Join the yeah. Discord. Join anyway. the Discord. <laughs> uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, um, just wherever you find podcasts. I listen to the podcast app. Um, it's a free app, uh, but if you pay money, they don't give you ads because this is the world we live in. Um, the music is by DJ Tin Man. Shout out to DJ Tin Man. Listen to the thing that came right before this episode. Um, in the podcast feed because it's the best thing that this podcast has ever done and we had nothing to do with it. That's <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> um, the art is by Courtney Kaufman and for me it was Tuesday. Tuesday.